Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. We are already getting hype for the NFL Draft. Not all that far away. And there are plenty of questions surrounding the Carolina Panthers. Who better to talk about all of it than Tony Pauline, the PFN NFL Draft expert. And you can find him on Twitter, by the way, at Tony Pauline. Tony, we've been talking a lot about mock drafts. I just have to ask you, what is your opinion of all of the mock drafts, the 1.0s, the 17.3s? Are you uh, a, a connoisseur of all of the mock drafts that infiltrate our social media timelines? I hate them. <laughs> I mean, I, mean I know people love them and they bring in a lot of views, but I basically think they're a waste of time right now because there's so much left in the scouting process. And, and I know, you know, they're consumed at a high rate, but they're absolutely meaningless. Take the mock drafts now and see what actually happens three months from now. The problem Two months is, from now, I should say. No, you're good. The problem is we need the content, though, Tony. And so we yeah. need to talk about exactly that. Exactly it. That's exactly it. <laughs> we need to talk about it. I did want to ask you this, though, because there's a lot of movement uh, in a lot of these mock drafts. And honestly, even with Jim Ursay coming out and saying, you know, hey, I'm keeping an eye on that Alabama QB. We even have NFL owners themselves talking about the possibility of the top of the draft draft having some movement via trade do you expect to see a lot of trades at number one overall at number three with some of the teams that might not choose a quarterback at the top how much movement do you think we'll see within the first 10 picks or so I don't think there's going to be a lot. I, I mean, there's no franchise-type quarterback at the top. Jim Mercy making comments like that is not a good sign for her Colt fans. You know, you want your football people to run the business, not the uh, not the owners. But I don't. You know, it's Bryce Young is a is a phenomenal college quarterback. I, I mean, he's got it going on between the ears. But he's small. He doesn't have a big arm. Uh, you know, C.J. Stroud has got that big arm. He's a phenomenal vertical passer. But both of those guys have holes in their games. I mean, Young, you don't know how he's going to hold up. C.J. Stroud really had two outstanding games and needs a lot of coaching and needs a lot of development. So I don't see any teams clamoring to move up to get either of those players. It's Tony Pauline on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. And so with Carolina being in the QB mix, Tony, do you think it would be wise for Carolina to stay at nine and then possibly select a QB? Or are you just saying, no, Carolina, stay at nine and then draft best player available because you just don't see it with these passers? I think it's the latter. Uh, You know, I I think, you know, it's a long haul for Carolina. They need a lot of pieces. And, you know, I know football is a here and now game, but, you know, if you miss out with the ninth pick on a quarterback, you, you, you almost go back to square one. And I think with Frank Reich, you know, the new the coach there, he's got some time. He doesn't need to rush things. I, I think Carolina would be better, you know, seeing who's there at nine, maybe a cornerback, maybe if a top edge rusher happens to fall in their laps, you come back in round two, maybe you get a quarterback like Hendon Hooker of uh, Tennessee, who's a phenomenal uh, talent. He's just got a major injury, which means he's going to have to sit on the sidelines next year, which may not be a bad thing, you know, because you don't want to force him into the action. You don't want to force any quarterback into the action. Getting a quarterback like Aiden O'Connell in round round three, I think there will be some good quarterbacks that the Panthers can get on day two that Frank Ware could work with, that they could develop, that they don't really have to pull the gun in and take a guy like I'm seeing Anthony Richardson, who has got so many question marks. Uh, I mean, so much downside risk. It's such a roll of the dice with the 
pick. Uh, I, I think it'd be it's just foolish to do that. Tony, Wes Bryant here, and coming off of that question, who would be the top three non-quarterbacks that you think would be great for the Panthers at nine? Well, I, 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 top three non-quarterbacks, I think you've got to look at the cornerbacks. You know, maybe Joe, uh, Joey Porter happens to be my ninth-rated player on my board. Uh, the cornerback from Penn State, he's big, he's physical, he's, he's athletic, he's got great bloodlines, and he's shown, shown the ability to shut down opponents. A lot of people like Devin Witherspoon of Illinois. I want to see how fast he runs uh, because he, he's, he's probably the most polished corner in this year's class, but there are some concerns and there are some uh, questions about his deep speed. You know, if you're looking for a pass rusher, Let's see what happens with Tyree Wilson of Texas Tech. Uh, that, that has got to be a consideration if he falls there. Or, uh, you, you know, Miles Murphy, if he's able to, if there is a run on quarterbacks early on and Miles Murphy happens to fall tonight, I think that's also something that's got to be in consideration. All right. And then one quarterback that uh, you did not address that around here, they said that David Tepper was enamored with Will Levis, but uh, us here on the show, not so much. And wanted to know your opinions uh, on Will Levis. What do you see when you watch him? And is he worthy of some of the praise that he's getting? Because he's seen as going as high as number two. Yeah, I, I would be shocked if Will Levis goes number two. I mean, Will Levis has got great physical skills. He's a, he's a big uh, physical pocket passer with mobility. He can get the ball downfield with a flick of his wrist. Uh, I mean, he is a power vertical passer, but he needs a lot of work on his game. He stares down the primary target. He's, his reads go hot and cold. You know, he struggles layering the ball at the different levels. I, I think Will Levis... If he wanted to be a top 10 pick, should have shown up at the Senior Bowl, should have shown up at the Shrine game, because those games are money makers, are king makers at the quarterback position, as, as we've seen in the past, especially with the Atlanta Falcons coaching one of the teams in the Shrine game. I think he made a major mistake. Listen, the perception of Will Levis outside the scouting community is completely different from what teams say. Yeah, you know, you may be enamored with Will Levis's arm strength. But this guy is going to need a, a lot of work between the ears as well as uh, work on throwing NFL-type passes. And then I wanted to ask you about a, a couple of wide receivers. That could be something the Panthers could look at as well. Maybe not so much in the first round, but uh, a couple of guys, one may be uh, known around him, one not so much. But uh, Jordan Addison from Pitt, how is it that he was so productive when of Belitnikov two years ago? He's now seen as maybe the third or fourth best receiver in this draft. And then Josh Downs from North Carolina, I wanted to know what you thought about him as well. Yeah, I think you mean Jordan Addison of USC. USC, yeah, yeah, but he was at Pitt, yeah. Yeah, you know, he had a few injuries last year. He's a big, he's a a taller, slimmer guy, doesn't have the great stoutness. But, I I mean, he fits what the NFL wants today. In the past, everybody wanted that 6'4", 212-pound receiver. Now you want the guy that can separate through routes, and that's what Jordan Addison does. He runs great routes, and he's able to separate through his routes, and he catches the ball very well. Uh, I think, you know, you mentioned, well, why is he the third or fourth-rated receiver? He's actually number four on my board. I think that's more a symptom of there's no outstanding receiver in this year's draft. There's no guy that's head and shoulders. They all have issues with their games. Josh Downs is a great receiver. He's a terrific vertical threat. I, I mean, he's a guy that catches the underneath pass, and you know he'll take it downfield, and he competes to come away with with the uh, with the tough grab. 
Well, with Josh Downs is what are his true measurements? I mean, is he going to be five foot ten? Is he going to be one hundred and eighty pounds? And if he is five foot ten, one hundred and eighty pounds, how fast is he going to run? So with Josh Downs, I'm kind of contradicting what I said earlier. But, you know, it is more of a size issue. How is he going to hold up? Is it going to be a situation where you're going to have to put him in the slot, keep him off of press coverage? Tony Pauline joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline talking about the NFL draft. And let's just stick with the pass catchers here, Tony. A lot of people went tight end. It's been a position of need for Carolina after Greg Olson left for Seattle. You tried with Tommy Tremble. It just hasn't worked out, at least as of yet. Same with Ian Thomas. Michael Mayer is somebody a lot of people like. Would he be a reach at number nine? Would you rather have tight end value later on in the draft, or would you like that selection if Carolina went that way? Yeah, I think in this day and age, Michael Mayer is a massive reach in the top 12. If it was 20, 25 years ago, maybe Michael Mayer is a top 15 pick. He's sort of a throwback. He's not the move tight end, stretch the field guy at the position that teams want. He's more of a guy who is a real good blocker and a real good pass catcher within 12 yards. He's not going to split the seam with his speed. He'll get down the field, and he'll get up in a crowd and come away with the ball, but he's not, he's not the fleet-footed guy. I think, you know, if they're looking for tight end, they're probably in a good position in day two. If a Luke Musgrave from Oregon State falls to them at the top of round two, a lot of people think Musgrave, including myself, could go first round. That's a guy they got to consider. Tucker Kraft of South Dakota State really doesn't get a lot of mention. Remember his name at combine time. He's a guy who could go late first round, early second round, plays the, plays the tight end position like a receiver. Sam Laporta of Iowa, just a very underrated tight end, a complete player at the position, uh, catches the ball extremely well, gives effort blocking, probably should be in the game consideration for late first round uh, conversation, but he's not going to be. I do think that the Panthers can come away in day two with a real good tight end prospect. Well, and Tony, when we talk about quarterbacks, it seems like the last couple of years, people are saying, well, wait for the next year. That's when you really have a, a top end quarterback class. And now I feel like we're saying that again, Drake may Caleb Williams next season. Is that where that scenario actually hits true? Where do those QB prospects rank among some of the other top QB prospects? of the last well, decade or so. Yeah, it's not only that. I mean, you got to look at the guys who uh, basically went back for another year that were expected to uh, enter the draft, whether it be Bo Nix of uh, Oregon, whether it be Jaden Daniels of LSU. I mean, there are a ton of players at the quarterback position. You mentioned the, the two names that everyone's talking about. Well, in order to get one of those two guys, you're going to have to be have one of the first two selections of the draft. But when you look at, you know, the Grayson McCall, the Bo Nix, as I said, Ben Bryan of Cincinnati, there are going to be a lot of seasoned quarterbacks, guys who are going back for second senior uh, seasons, as allowed by the NCAA, uh, who are going to be available. So next year is really going to be a deep quarterback draft. So I, I, would, I would agree with that, but it's not necessarily those top two guys that you mentioned. Because in order to get those top two guys, you're only going to win two or three games in, in 2022. Overall, it's going to be a real deep quarterback draft in 2024. Tony, with the Panthers going to a 3-4 more than likely under Ezra Evero, they're going to need some big bodies on that defensive line. And a couple of guys right down the road at Clemson that I wanted to ask you about. For one, Brian Bercy. This was a guy who I thought coming out of high school was going to be the second coming of J.J. Watt. I see he's starting to slip down boards. And I kind of felt his career at Clemson, it just was very unfulfilling for me. So what do you see when you see him and then also uh, K.J. Henry uh, as well? 
You know, I think you got to give Brise a, a pass for the 2022 season. I thought he was phenomenal in 2021. Highly rated guy. Comes back in 2022. Obviously, the situation with his young sister dying of cancer. He has the kidney infection, so he never really got it going. I still think he's top 12 talent. I still think he's a terrific athlete. He's got to learn to bend his knees and play with leverage. He gets a little bit tall on his stance, which is going to be a killer at the next level. Uh, but I still have a lot of hope for him. I'm going to give him a pass considering everything that he went uh, through last year. K.J. Henry is a guy who I absolutely love. I think he is ridiculously underrated. He is, Like you said, you know, if you're going to a 3-4, K.J. Henry at 6'4", 247 pounds, he's the perfect guy to stand over tackle, occasionally come out of a, out of a three-point stance. He can rush the passer up the field. He can change direction and pursue running plays. You can use him off the line on occasion if you need to. Uh, not the biggest guy in the world, but he plays big football. I think a lot of his draft status will 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 basically be determined by how fast he runs and how he tests at the combine. I like Henry a lot. I have him. As, I've had liked him a lot for the past couple of years. Uh, I've had him right now as a fifth round pick. If he runs well, he's going to go much earlier. And then also in that three four, I feel like that we we've talked about on this show that they will more than likely need a big space-clogging nose guard to go in the middle of that defense. Are there some prospects that you feel like that would fit that bill for the Panthers? Yeah, second round, maybe Maisie Smith of Michigan, who's going to tear up the combine. You know, people talked about Aiden Hutchinson last year uh, from Michigan, Mike Morris this year. Well, a lot of that, those guys were able to do the things that they did because Maisie Smith was occupying the gaps and taking up blockers in the middle of the line. You look in third round, Siaka Ika of Baylor, six foot four, three hundred fifty-five pounds. Here's a guy who plays the run well. He's quick, he's smart, and he is impossible, impossible to move off the line of scrimmage. He plays to a 355-pounder. If you're looking day three, and sometimes you can get good nose tackle types out of day three, Gerard Clark from Coastal Carolina, who when he's on his game, he is unstoppable. He just needs more consistency. That's great stuff from Tony Pauline, the NFL draft expert for PFN, joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Don't forget to follow him on Twitter, by the way, at Tony Pauline. Tony, we appreciate the time, man. Thanks again. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for having me. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.